Hello, Defy Gravity listeners. How are you today? It is Juliana Sauber, and I'm back with Jerry Lynn Fabian. Hey, Jerry Lynn, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. Uh, we uh, thought it'd be fun to talk about a topic that seems to be coming up more often. And I think as people awaken more, this is going to be pretty critical, is the idea that you can be your own guru. Uh, in yogic traditions, everybody had a guru and they followed their guru and they went where they and they always did exactly what their guru did. And, and there is a, a level of autonomy and sovereignty that we're working to build as we move forward uh, into this uh, new energetic reality. So we wanted to chat on that topic to be your own guru. So Jerry Lynn, what do you think that means? Be your own guru. Um, the word guru in itself usually referred to, like you said, a spiritual teacher, a teacher on a whole, right? And if we were to go into religion, every religion has their major guru, right? You have Mahatma Gandhi, you have um, Jesus was seen as a major guru of his time. They call him master, right? Mm -hmm. Most gurus are seen as masters mm -hmm. because they were the ones who looked to to reveal truth for that time they were the ones seen as the most connected to the higher power mm -hmm. and they were sought out for advice for healing for instruction for for this all types of stuff right and um they all seem to have similar characteristics right and um as while that is always amazing that there will always be people throughout eternity that we will always be able to look to um what that has also done is to an extent cause people to stray from their own source and seek someone outside of themselves by concluding that this person is more connected than they are or that this person has something that they do not so that's one of the things we probably need to explore today. Mm -hmm. You know, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, where did that I, come from? I wonder if there's a piece of ego in that discussion, in that um, oh. I think the ego self, right, wants people to pay attention to me, look at me, admire me, give me compliments, things along those lines. Um, and that speaks to, a, as you mentioned, a disconnection from their own higher self and their own divine connection, uh, because we are all created with an amazing set of capabilities and gifts and purposes. And it has concerned me that by giving ourselves over to a guru, we then lose ourselves and our purpose and possibly can miss what it is we're here to do. And then do we align you know, ourselves? What you're saying is very. I was yeah. gonna say, do we, do we align ourselves with something that maybe isn't in, in alignment with ourselves and our purpose? By aligning ourselves with You know what's interesting is. Go ahead. Right. What I find interesting is most of the revered gurus um, 
of even our time, the true gurus, mm -hmm. uh, uh, they seem to they seem to relinquish ego, and they seem to always point people back to their own source. Mm. Um, even Jesus said, "You will do greater things than these." He never counted himself as the one person who would come across with truth. He said, "You will do greater things than these." You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and all the other gurus as well sought to point people to their own source, point people back to the higher source. And what I find interesting, it is other people who came after them who lifted them up as being the revered ones who mm -hmm. were supposed to be honor honored, right? It's, I'm, I've not found a true guru. And when I say true guru, I'm, I do not acknowledge somebody who is um, covered in their ego to be mm -hmm. a guru. Yeah. Because a true teacher recognizes that everyone has that, a, a true teacher seeks to inspire others to come up with the answers for themselves. Mm -hmm. You're not seeking to be the light, you point people to their light. Yeah. And, right? Yeah. So um, because of that, you know, when I say a guru, I'm not referring to those people that everybody reveres. I'm referring to someone who does just that. They, 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 they put truth out there, but in doing so, they always remind people that, listen, what I'm saying to you is not far-fetched. If you stop and listen, you'll receive the same truth that I'm receiving mm -hmm. or even more than what I'm receiving in this moment. You know, and they have no qualms about anybody being greater than themselves. You know, because they see themselves just as a channel. Um, so it's interesting to me that many times the people we revere as gurus, they never sought to elevate themselves. Yeah. They were elevated by others who saw themselves as inferior. Mm -hmm. And as to where that came from, that's an interesting um, question who are the individuals in society that have an interest in, in having human beings believe or come to the conclusion that we need external sources mm -hmm. in order for us to feel safe, in order for us to feel guided, in order for us to feel um, connected, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The institutions that we find ourselves subjected to, and there are quite a few institutions subjected yeah. to, where when we come in, the first thing you have to do is to recognize that I know nothing and somebody else has the answer. And I right. need to depend on that external source for the answer, All right? Yeah. That is where I believe it starts. <laughs> yeah. That reliance um, on... I was going to say the reliance on external source um, at some level relieves, I think people, it relieves them of responsibility for doing things that are difficult, right? At some level, um, it's easier to say that person made me do it or I did it because they, you know, they said it was what I had to do. Um, and so we, we take that responsibility and we hand it off to others. And part of being your own guru, I think, is taking responsibility for the decisions and the, 
you know, the actions and, and things that you've done, um, but never in a way that says, uh, I'm bad, that's shame, but I did right. something that I right. wasn't aware of. Now I am aware of it and I'll do something different next time. I love that. You know, I tell people all the time, you are where you are. Mm -hmm. Where you are right now makes perfect sense based on the experiences that you've lived. Mm -hmm. All right. And so just acknowledging this is where I'm at and where I'm at is the perfect response. What I'm doing right now is the perfect response based on the experiences that I've lived to this point. Mm -hmm. And so when I come to an awareness that this decision is no longer serving me, I'm expanding my, I'm expanding my thought process. And now that, that awareness brings me to the point where now I am empowered to make even better decisions. Better, mm -hmm. let me get a better word than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, more aware decisions, more mm -hmm. conscious decisions, because it's consciousness that brings about change. It is. Right. If someone is not conscious, people think that just a mere knowledge about something is enough to change. Well, if that was the case, we would not be living in the world that we're living right now. Right. Right. That that knowledge has to be converted to a consciousness that is internalized. Mm -hmm. And the, the person is not just about cause and effect. It's about connection between myself and my inner being, that spirit that lives within me. Yeah. When that happens, that happens at every stage. Um, as I continue to grow in my experience, that consciousness, consciousness leads me to make a different decision as I continue to walk this journey. Yeah. Right. It's like a child. It's, I mean, we, we, we become adults and we think, oh, we're mature now. No, we have a lot of, adults walking in, you know, um, children walking in adult bodies and, and that's okay too. You know, we, yeah, they're that's okay because trauma usually. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so recognizing that we're still going to various stages and where we are is okay. Just like a little child, you won't knock at them for, um, drinking out of a bottle when <laughs> they're a baby right? But when they're five, you're going to say, okay, you know, it's time to start using the baby spoon now. Well, by five, they're probably using a regular spoon, right? right. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a stage. It's just it a is. stage. And we don't think that they're bad at that stage, but somehow we become adults and we judge ourselves because we think we should know better. Who taught you? <laughs> right. Who taught you to know better? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it, it, it gets to the point, I think, of where, how do we, how do we reconnect with our inner self? How do we reconnect with the, if we're going to listen to our inner self connected to our higher power, how do, where do we start? Because there seems to be no prescriptive model necessarily that I've seen and, and we're, no two people have had the same life experience. So where would you think we start with that? You, I like how you worded that question. You said, how do we reconnect? Which suggests that we were once connected. As a matter of fact, I don't think you can ever be separated from your source. However, 
um, we do experience a disconnect in the process, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and one of the most amazing personal discoveries um, to become aware of how children, how connected children are. If we were to pay attention to children, they would teach us how to reconnect because they appear to be the most connected individuals to source yeah. and how they become disconnected is by sub being subjected because in many instances they don't have a choice being subjected to the idea that you don't know any better and I'm here to teach you about life and while it's a symbiosis and they do need certain level of guidance um, the idea that I know what is right and you're going to follow my way because I say so and I'm older than you is what leads children to the point where they become disconnected. Mm -hmm. So that would suggest to me that the opposite of that needs to happen as we, as we realize <laughs> mm -hmm. that we feel disconnected, right? We need to get to the point where we acknowledge, no, I do have ideas. And when I follow those impulses, when I follow those ideas, they seem to make more sense. They seem to be more balanced than, than, um, following somebody else's ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, let me give an example. <laughs> I had a, a cousin and I remember clearly one time he was, he was a baby and I took him to church and you know, he was so cute. I dressed him up in these long sleeve shirts, with the long pants and a bow tie in his neck. He looked so <laughs> cute. But we got to church and he would not stop crying. He just cried and cried and cried. And I, as soon as I got up to take him to the door, he stopped crying. I turned around to go back into the church. <laughs> he started crying. Wow. So while in church, I stripped him off, stripped him off, took off the long sleeve, took off the bow tie, took off the pants and just left him <laughs> in his vest. Yeah. And his, um, his pampers he stopped crying. <laughs> what was that child saying to me? I was not born for this. Right. Let me be free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be free. You're restricting me. Right. I look like a nice showcase, but that's not, you know, it's hot. <laughs> I need some, you know, simple, something as simple right. as that. Right. You know, um, and there's so many other ways. I think so many times about um, some of the things that I enjoyed doing as a child. I love teaching. My mother would send me to water the plants and I would water the plants. And while I'm watering the plants, I would speak to them. Now I had no idea what I was doing at the time. Right. I didn't know that I was actually speaking to them. But in addition to that, it was saying a lot about who I came into this world to be. Yeah. You know, I was teaching the plants and talking to them and, you know, telling them this is how you, you know, that, that has never left to me. <laughs> You know, now throughout my life, I have been conflicted based on the external advice given to me at one point or another in the, in the, um, in the early, late nineties, when I was about to go to college, everybody was saying, you need to get into computer science because this is going to be the thing. I hated anything to do with numbers and I didn't want it. But I chose to do um, an associate, which I eventually swapped back to. I, I chose to do an associate just to appease everybody else, but I was miserable, you yeah. know? 
only when I went back to focus on doing behavioral science, which was my passion from the beginning, did I feel some sense of relief, you know? I'm so grateful that I had a a teacher at the time who says, no, follow your path. And years from now, you're going to find that because everybody's focused on money and, you know, just making it in life, that they're going to need people like you to help them redirect, you know? So to answer your question, I think to a great extent, if we could pay attention to the ways of, as I'm speaking to you, um, there's a text in the Bible that says, um, if you can become as little children, mm-hmm. you will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now that other half of the text, that's another story altogether, because I believe the kingdom of heaven is within you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The kingdom, what we call the kingdom of God, that's our spirit that lives within us. And it says, if you can become like little children, you will enter, you will, you receive, or you will enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, this is coming to me and I'm making the connection as I'm speaking to you. <laughs> I'm making the connection as I'm speaking to you. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's interesting you say that because, because um, I have witnessed, um, not only within my own children, but, but as an external witness or observer of um, the path of children who are um, um, laned into a specific religious practice, um, you, there are a number of them who, who disconnect. They may participate. They may be physically present, but their, their spirit is like, this is not where I need to be right now. This is not for me. I'm not connected. Because they're not getting the spiritual connection and will then eventually, you know, buck the trend and go do their own thing, may come off the spiritual path altogether, because the only path they've been given is one that they did not, they were uncomfortable with, or forced to do, or disconnected from, and so they don't see another spiritual path, because they've been told the one that they're on is Mm -hmm. the only one available to them, Um, and this is true, I think, across religions, this is not specific to one or the other, um, because I've heard speakers from other other religions saying our opportunity is to recruit that person into our belief system, right? This is my belief yes. system. You need to believe what I believe. Um, and in doing so, I think that we are um, we are doing a disservice to our children in, um, in not allowing them the opportunity to explore spirituality in conjunction with teaching. Right. And so that, that always to me was the disconnect when I, 10 years of going to church and I left and I'm like, I don't think I'm, I mean, I'm, I suppose I'm better, but I don't feel any more spiritual. I don't feel any more connected to God than I did before. Really. Um, I feel like I'm supposed to be, um, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not doing it a very good people job to pretend it. that they are. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I did, I pretended. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. it was the right thing to do, um, because it, mm-hmm. it it got me into the group, it got me accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. it was um, it was in the woods on my property, sitting on a rock, that the true connection came through. Independent of any words, independent of any teachings or scriptures, or you know, God, 
Bible study or any of those sort of thing. It was very, not that it wasn't reinforced later by teachings that I've been given or, or phrases or learnings, but it was not that that got me heart connected. It was, I connected yes. my heart and then that all made yes. sense. Exactly. Exactly. And <clears throat> you made a very, a very uh, interesting point. One of the things I wanted to um, go back to, you know, you mentioned that um, you find that common among all religions, that they all want people to bring people to their group and mm-hmm. lead you to think that we have a superior truth to somebody else. What's interesting is when you join that group, there's um, certain lens that are put on that you don't even realize that this is common among all other groups. Yeah. So people in isolation really do believe that this is where it's at. And they judge, judge themselves when, like you mentioned, you feel like everybody else is connected, but you're not, you know, the church that I grew up in, we didn't speak in tongues, but I had, I remember a lady speaking to me years ago and she said she joined this church and everybody in the church spoke in tongues. And she went home and she cried to God because she felt like she didn't have the spirit because she couldn't speak Mm. in tongues. And, you know, she went back to church and she started pretending because everybody else was doing it, you know? And that's the type of burden, so to speak, that, that we place on ourselves because we really do. It's not, it's not something that's wrong because again, you are where you are and that's okay. You know? But um, when, like you mentioned, you realize that what I've found with many people who get to that, cross that bridge where they realize, no, I am receiving. I could look and see throughout my experience, even when I was following this group and that group, I could see how I was being guided in the process. And then what I've heard from so many people is I always knew that there was something more. Mm-hmm. I could feel that I was something more. I had one person tell me recently, people made me feel like I was crazy. Yeah. But I always knew that deep down, that side of me that people resented, that side of me that people resisted, mm-hmm. that that was my true self. That's what someone yeah. said to me recently. There is something in us that when you align with your true self, you start remembering who you were born to be. Yeah. It feels like you're now in your body. It feels like you're home. It feels like mm-hmm. you can finally live abundantly. You know, that life we were told that we were brought here to live. Yeah. You know, but as long as it's being subjected by the perceptions and the rules and dogmas of someone external, yeah. and you've not come to make peace with yourself, you do feel sort of disconnected and that disconnect is actually your, your, your internal GPS saying to you, Hey, come back, come back, Mm -hmm. reconnect. This is who you are. This is who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You bring that up because I do recall those services where I looked like everybody else, but there was not, um, there was not a heart connection. I, I found myself looking around like, okay, they all have their hands up. I need to have my hands up. They're all singing. I need to be singing. You know, I, I recall those moments and I remember being embarrassed at myself 
because I felt like a fraud. And at some level, and I don't mean it in a, I'm not trying to be judgmental to myself, but at some level I was a fraud in relation to my true self. My true self was saying, this isn't how you are gonna get there. Yes, singing is amazing. Yes, it yes. is incredible. Yes, it felt amazing. I felt it. I felt like I got enough of it that I was like, I want more of this. And, but I want it all the time. I don't just want it one time in, in, a, in a service. Um, and so mm -hmm. you mentioned coming home. It's interesting because as I consciously make decisions now, there is this internal checkpoint that says, um, okay, so if I do this thing, how does that feel? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Mm -mm. Um, when the, when the shutdown first happened and my husband's business was shut down, which is our primary source of income, you know, you immediately go into, <gasps> where's the money coming from? Um, and so mm -hmm. I thought, okay, maybe I need to go back into my old field for a period of time until we know what's happening. And I started like, I started to think about putting my resume together and I started like out of job search and I've got, I know, I know the old recruiter and like this angst came up and it hit, it was like this lead mm. weight on my heart. And I was talking to my husband about it and I'm sobbing uncontrollably, just racked with sobs. And, and I thought to myself, I can't go back to that. My heart is not going to let me go back to that because I know I'm meant to be exactly this this feels good. This is the thing I want to do every single day. And I want to read about things and I want to learn and I want to connect with people and I want to be generous with people. And I'm more loving to other people now because I'm more loving to myself. That vase, yes, I love that analogy of the vase, right? We all have this empty vase and we're trying to pour the empty vase out on other people and it doesn't work so you have to fill up your own vase and you fill it up by doing your cup first yeah you do things mm -hmm. and and you enjoy things and you find things that feed you and connect with you and make you feel at home to your reference and that vase gets filled up and then you very easily have extra to pour out onto others very easily can help water those yeah. flowers too and the, and you know this the beautiful thing about that is that then the very thing that many people are seeking when they go to some community or group you become that yeah you become that not just for yourself but for other people yeah. many people join these yeah. um you know assemblies searching for acceptance mm -hmm. for love for community for they think that being in the in the presence of other people will bring peace. Well, you find those things from solitude, from connection with your inner being, and then you become that for so many people around you yeah. who are seeking. Now, in the process, um, that's how I believe you know many gurus arise, right? But to be mindful of the fact that you are here to point people to their own guidance system. Yeah, it's a beautiful experience. It's a beautiful experience. Something else that you mentioned is the fact that there's no going back. And it's true. Once you, you, once you taste what it feels like to be connected to your source and to feel like I'm at the right place, right time, I'm connected, I'm receiving, 
information. I call them downloads. I'm receiving mm -hmm. downloads. Right. And I just know in this moment that it's from the right place. Yeah. You try following something else, it will never feel good to you. It will yeah. never feel good. And as I'm speaking, I want to touch on the aspect of feelings and emotions because sadly, that's one of the ways in which we're taught to divert from our guidance system to trust mm -hmm. external sources. One of the first things you're taught as children is it's not everything that feels good that you need to do. <laughs> oh, right. Right? Right. And so what that teaches us is to suppress suppress our emotions and not pay attention to how we're being guided yeah. and then when, when you realize that your emotions are actually one of the not one of the it's our emotional guidance system it's a guidance system mm -hmm. so how you feel is an indicator of where you are at any given point right yeah and so um i like using this example Mm -hmm. I like using this example where, and it's probably not the best, but people, people will get this. You teach a child not to trust their emotions, and then you try to teach them what a, a good touch and a bad touch feels like. Well, you just told them don't trust their emotions. Yeah. So it's so easy now for an external person who they trust to tell them, no, this is supposed to be good. This is mm. actually good. It's okay. It's okay. Good point. You create an environment for a child to be conflicted because the first thing you told them is do not trust your emotions. Yeah. And their emotions, their guidance system would have told them in, the, in, in that moment, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. But then you have an external being who they trust tell them, no, ignore your emotions. This is really good for you. And what do you have in the process? Right. Right. This is just one example, but it happens in so many other ways. Yeah. It happens in so many other avenues. And so if, if people were to um, first connect with their emotions, because some people are so disconnected from who they are and how they oh, feel, yeah. that, that feeling anxious is the normal for them. And they will tell you, they literally, I feel good. I feel great. And everything about them, their emotional issues, their physical issues, they're shouting to you, no, I need help. Help me. Right? Right? <laughs> I really need help. I don't yes. know what I'm doing. But their mouths are saying to you, oh, I feel great. <laughs> mm -hmm. But they don't. They so, don't. Yeah. I want to touch on something you said before, is that um, people will... Um, let's see how I can phrase this because uh, I experienced this particularly as I got more connected with my true self. I experienced an increased experience of rejection. And I, I'm putting that in air quotes on purpose because what I recognize now is that, so I started out by changing my diet and lifestyle. So we would go to church on Sunday mornings and everybody would have donuts and coffee. And I would bring my fruit bowl or my, you know, my, my Lara bar or something along those lines and bring my own cup of tea. And I would say, thank you, but no, thank you. Um, there would be people that would tease me by putting boxes of, of donuts on my table, you know, as a joke, um, mm -hmm. which was fine. I, no problem. It hurt me at first. And then after a while, I was like, well, that's actually their issue, not mine. So I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. um, 
and, and so what I experienced more and more of this, um, and I feel like it was my guides doing this on purpose because I needed to disconnect from the external expectations and the external need to be approved and fit in uh, to go yes. to the internal need to be approved and fit in, but not in a, not in a, not in a negative way, but a, I need to fit with myself and I need to, yes. not in a, not in a, I'm your teacher, I'm going to check the mark and give you a gold star approval, but um, the decisions I'm making have a, a calming and a centering effect, and I feel at home, to use your word. Um, so I've, I experienced more and more of that feeling disconnected. Um, and then when I saw, I literally saw Archangel Michael surround my son in an Easter service um, because he was, my son was so discomforted by being in that space that, um, but it, it needed to happen, right? So it happened the way it was supposed to, but he felt so uncomfortable. He was physically nauseous and, and you know, not feeling well. So after, after prayer, he was being surrounded by Archangel Michael's wings as if he, you know, to tell me he's protected, he's fine, he's being taken care of, no worries there. Um, and then I looked around to tell somebody about my experience and there was no one to tell. And, it's, mm. and at, some, at the time, it was very disturbing for me because I wanted to tell someone it was a super exciting thing. And then I realized these, these individuals already look at me like I'm a crazy person because I don't eat donuts. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> now, if I tell them I'm seeing archangels, that's really going to throw it over the top. So it was a recognition for me <laughs> to disconnect myself from that environment because it was holding me in a place of needing that external approval and needing those individuals to make sure I'm okay. And when I disconnected from that space, right. and this is my experience, I'm not saying people should do this, this is my experience. When I disconnected from that space, uh -huh, uh -huh. and then I went into um, prayer and meditation, which was super uncomfortable at first, and then I spent time in the woods, and I spent time just being, um, is when all of that fill up the vase happened. And now I don't have any issue with any of those individuals. In fact, I've made peace with all of those situations and um, pretty thankful I went through it um, because it, it just shifted my perspective and has allowed me to give myself more grace and allowed me to give others more grace as well. Mm. Um, it's so interesting that we come from different past but our experiences are so similar yeah um because i remember you know when i made certain decisions to 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 walk differently um i was part of another group and that need to be to be accepted i didn't recognize at the time how strong it was mm -hmm. but that small community felt so good and to this day i have so much love for every one of them, even if I may not keep in touch with every one of them, you know, I appreciated that time. And then I thought at the time, you know, this is a small group, everything's going to be fine and hunky dory. Well, similar experience happened once I chose to make different decisions. And that's one of the things too about groupthink. Groupthink exists not just within the church, 
but it exists within any group where you are not free to walk your own path mm-hmm. without risking being um, excluded, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I started experiencing the minute I said, no, I, I think this is what I'm supposed to do and I'm going to follow through with it. Well, <clears throat> I remember being told, how could you do such a thing and not even speak to me about it? <laughs> right. and I thought I didn't know I was supposed to speak to you about it. You know, that was my stubborn nature, which worked in my favor. Right. But it was then that I realized, whoa, okay, the minute I start doing my own thing, then this group is not for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. And the opposite to that, I've also experienced, and it's a beautiful thing, a beautiful thing to know that I am connected with people who mm-hmm. choose to do things a little different from me. Yeah. And I can still see that light in them and acknowledge that they're not any better or less than me because they're doing something that I choose not to do. Yeah. That to me is heaven on earth. Yeah. That is what heaven is to me. Yeah. That is what heaven is to me. That is when we can see through people's stuff and see that light that exists within them and still connect with that. Mm-hmm. Even though we may be different in other aspects of our experience, that's what heaven is. Not just choosing people who choose you, not just accepting people because they think the things that you think, right? We're not encouraging people to be robots where they relinquish everything that they've come into this world to be yeah. just to be accepted, right? And um, you know what I have found, and I think you probably experienced that as well, is that as you follow your own guidance, you get connected in the most amazing way mm-hmm. to people that you would have never thought you would have had the chance to meet in your lifetime. Right. And you meet them and it feels again, like you're at home. Yes. You know, it's like, how yes. did this happen? We just met two days ago and we feel like we've known each other a lifetime, Yes. you know? And, and, and our past cross and our life seems to connect. And it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing to allow, allow that same being that's guiding you to connect you with like-minded people. Yeah. And I want to say it does happen along your journey. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen when you become what we call awakened. Mm-hmm. It happens even while you're in church. So mm-hmm. I have people that I can I'm connected to to this day from church. Yeah. We've always been connected. Now while I walked a different path, we were not always as close right but as time continues and they connect with their source somehow we get reconnected again and it's like oh we're back home right we're back home yep you know we were connected back then that tie was still there you were seeking something out you remember who Geraldine? let me call Geraldine. <laughs> you know right. and that to me is amazing that's that's heaven on earth yeah. i don't need to look for anywhere else this right there is bliss <laughs> yes you know, it's in, it's one of the things that you said was um, uh, uh, seeing th- the person's light through their stuff. Um, there was a, a comment that was made to me that the definition of true compassion is to love people um, exactly as they are, without any without any judgment, without Can any. Can you repeat that? Love people exactly as they 
are is the true de definition yes. of compassion. Okay. Um, and yes. one of my objectives yes. um, over the course of the last 18 months, I would say, if I put a date on it, um, was to present myself to allow people to be themselves um, and to allow their light to shine. Um, and I think the, the great higher purpose of that, if you will, is that they see themselves, they begin to see themselves, right, reflected back and start to connect with themselves. Uh, and I love what right. you say to me, um, I just feel like I can say anything around you. And you don't judge me, you don't make fun of me, you don't laugh at me, nothing. I just say whatever. And I'll, you know, people will say this might sound crazy. And I'm like, no, nothing's really crazy. Just go ahead and say it. You know, and, and it, it's just, it, it fills my heart up to know that I, I can allow people and give them the space to be themselves yes. and to connect with that, that inner guidance um, with the ultimate goal in the case of whether they're a client of mine or a friend or sometimes both um, is that they get to a point where they're like, I don't need to come to sessions with you, um, but I'll still come because eh, it's nice to come every once in a while. Like I don't, they don't need me yes. any longer. They yes. have enough connection to themselves. Right that they get 99% of what they need. And if they got a hard sticking point, they can come, they can call me up and be like, Hey, this is kind of stuck. Can you give me a little different perspective? And I, I share a little perspective with them and then they often run and get, um, and that to me is the, the, how a teacher should be at some level. And then they are their own guru at that point. <laughs> they are their oh, yeah. connection. <laughs> Totally, yeah. totally, and that it's also an amazing trait to to want people to expand even beyond. I get I get excited when I experience. I'm part of someone's experience who takes something that I've shared with them and runs with it, and even comes up with a greater idea. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I was part of that journey, and I'm pleased to be part of that journey, and to see that I could point you to your guidance system that could produce so much more. That is so amazing to me, you know, and you mentioned something um, earlier about, you know, true, true compassion is, is loving people the way they are. I would add not the way you want them to be. Nah. <laughs> um, it's easy. It's easy to see this in, um, you know, in groups, but I would extend that into intimate relationships mm. because many times um, people do not realize the amount of conditions they lay down to be accepted in intimate, in intimate relationships. Yeah. If you Very stop good. doing this, I don't love you anymore. Now, are there conditions that work for us to work together? Probably there are. Mm -hmm. right doesn't mean i stop loving you so someone would ask oh, are you, guys, you guys are not together and you guys are still friends well why not you know this person didn't be, start being a bad person because we no longer aligned you get what i'm saying yeah so um i would really put out that idea that people also also consider am i really being compassionate 
And am I loving unconditionally, even in this situation? Right. Because if this person needs to change in other, other for me to be accepted by them, then who are they loving? Are they loving a, a version of me or are they loving the real me? Yeah. If you need to change for somebody to accept you, then probably you don't need to be with that person. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, that's so true. Just a thought. <laughs> well, and that becomes so much yeah. easier when we are connected to self and stable and comfortable. Uh, all of that becomes a much easier proposition um, because we aren't applying external expectations. We are seeing them for, um, I'm gonna, I'll use the word potential, not in a, I want them to be something different, but there is this seed of, of purpose um, and all things that we're experiencing are for the, for the, purpose of getting us to that space. Um, so wherever they're at right now is exactly what they need to learn, experience, go through. Um, and we can do it in a, I'm going to use the word non-emotional. I'm going to use the phrase non-emotional, but not in a, and what I mean by that is we're not trying to control them with emotional response. Yes. We are sitting, holding space with as much love and compassion as we can muster up. And granted, we're all, you know, mm -hmm. we all got stuff, right? So there will be moments where you're like, yeah. oh, I didn't really act the best I could have in that situation. But we love ourselves enough to go, okay, well, all right. So now I know that next time I'm going to do it that way. But um, we aren't having this reactive kind of in exchange yeah. because if that person is going through a transformation you, you what you don't want to do is add fuel your emotional fuel to their situation and confuse it so if you can hold space and and send love and help for them and not impose your emotional <laughs> blanket over the top of it then they have a better experience and come out of it in a better place of their own accord and not being forced. Yeah. What I, what I tell people many times is that why are you putting this burden on the person to take into consideration your emotions? They could hardly handle theirs. Yeah. Nobody is in a headspace to consider anything about you while they're dealing with their stuff yeah it's just it's just the reality so when i place the burden on someone while they're dealing with a difficult situation to consider what you're doing to me in the process yeah mm, what am i really saying you know pay attention to me more <laughs> than what's going on with you in the moment <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> don't be selfish for yourself be selfish for me you know well so like i like what you said about holding space yeah <laughs> And I think that um, if you want to be selfish about it at some level, um, think about the fact that if you stay non-emotionally connected, in other words, you aren't putting your burden on them, they will likely cycle through the experience much faster and with a much better yes. outcome. And so you'll end up with, in a better space with that individual too. So the less you are emotionally engaged, um, by putting your crap on them, 
sorry for the terminology, but yeah, <laughs> that's what we do. Um, if you do less of that or don't yeah. do it at all, they'll come out of it better. You come out of it better and you'll come out of it faster. Yeah. And relieve people of that burden of thinking that they're responsible for your stuff. You know, mm. people are dealing with their, their issues, their concerns, and in the process, your wills coincide. Yeah. That is an indicator that there's something about you <laughs> that you need to deal with if it's bothering you that much. Not making the other person independent of the other person, you know. So you know, if something happens, if there's a, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that's a hard one at first. You know, with that idea, so I was working with someone who we really could not get along. And I was starting to do the, the what am I responsible for in my own life work. And I thought, okay, what am I responsible for mm -hmm. in this situation? Um, and so I, it, and it was hard. It was like, I didn't want to look at myself that way. Uh, but I did, and I, I, I aimed to do the work that I could do to improve the situation. Now, in this case, the individual did not do their own work, so the situation never improved <laughs> from that perspective. But I sure did. At the end of it, I had a better awareness of who I am and how I interact in the world and how I can better establish relationships with people and maintain them. So was I upset for the situation? Yes. Was I happy that in the way it came out? Absolutely, because I was better for it. I had cleared some of my own baggage out of the way. And I imagine eventually, I imagine that eventually you guys stop crossing paths because that's usually what happens when you work on your own stuff. The people who create that, it's not that it's their intention, but life happens to allow us to grow. Yeah. So the people who are our teachers through those experiences, once you've worked on your stuff, they no longer cross your path. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you continue on a different path altogether. So, you know, when we see people who who cross paths with us, even the ones who are not the most favorable, see them as being a teacher. Yeah. Thank them for coming to your life. Thank you. I don't like it right now. It's hard. I really want to curse you out, but I'm going to work on myself and trust the universe to do whatever needs to be done. Yes. Right. <laughs> happens like you said if the person is working at the same time that you are you will cross paths again and it will be a beautiful experience and if not you can bless them and let them go yes <laughs> yes i think that's why i think that's why now ho'oponopono is one of my favorites because it is about taking responsibility for your contribution to every and all situations experiences etc yes. and doing the work to clear the static i call the emotion stuff that this stuff static right um that's not allowing you to come through clearly um and so you know if you're if you've got a disagreement with someone ho'oponopono the um i i'm sorry please forgive me i love you and thank you says you know i'm taking responsibility for my contribution here I do love you because you are a child of God. You are a child of this creator and you are amazing. And thank you for your contribution to my life. And thank you that I can be a con. Mm -hmm. Like it's um, all of those pieces of it. That's why I love Ho'oponopono. Yeah. Amazing. I yeah. want to suggest 
um, I want to suggest only because I've experienced this myself, um, having, having had certain teachers, so to speak, who I felt like after attempts were made in one way or the other, if the other person is not doing their, their work and you're always seen as the problem, then the I'm sorry, forgive me in person may not be resolved in the way you're expecting. But I would suggest doing some vibrational work where mm -hmm. even though the person is not in your physical presence, you can say those things. Yeah. I'm sorry, please forgive me. This is what I did, you know? Right. You can say it and you experience the same level of peace in the process. Yeah. Not only that, but somehow in some situation, it has an effect on the person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when it does. you understand how vibration works, you, you know why. But yeah, it does have a similar effect. Yeah, absolutely. Without your physical presence that they can resist. Yes. You'd be surprised to get a random phone call from that very person in the most amazing tone, calmest personality ever. <laughs> it works. <laughs> it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Well, I think with that, we have done a great job having this conversation about being your own guru and linking yes. with yourself. I think that's amazing. And I hope that those who hear this uh, at whatever it is, will be, um, will be uplifted by it. And, uh, so I think with that, we'll close for today. Um, I would like to put out, uh, as much love and light to all of the places that are experiencing unrest right now around the world. I know that it's difficult to watch, but we oftentimes need to, uh, deconstruct before we can reconstruct. Um, and so I'm sending prayers for as much love, light, protection, and awareness as we can get so that we can come forward out of these situations better together. Um, you know, it's not easy to see, and I, I hope that, uh, that no one is hurt in this situation, and I hope that we are better for it afterwards. I believe that we will be, so... Yeah. I agree. And I, I, like I said earlier, I think Gaia is saying, wake up. Things are not going to be the way they used to be before. Yes. So yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Shaking the tree loose as it were. All right, my friend. Well, another amazing conversation and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Okay. All right. Have a blessed day. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Defy Gravity is here for you, for your health, body, mind, and spirit, to bring you knowledge and education to empower you to own your life and be in charge of it. Come on in regularly for the knowledge that you need to support all of your life's objectives. I'm Juliana Sauber, traditional naturopath. And not only a survivor, but I've recovered and I'm living free of health challenges that kept me down for almost two decades. So I'm here to share with you the things that I did to regain my health and get my life back and bring people to you that will also help you. 
and give you more information and more perspectives. And that is the key to creating the life that you want. So welcome to Defy Gravity. Subscribe, come back regularly. Please invite your friends, share this podcast. Find us on Facebook and Instagram because we are here to meet your needs.